That's right. Uh, hello and uh, welcome to the Creativity Podcast. It's the podcast where art and engineering collide. Uh, today's June eighth, twenty twenty one, and we have Olivia Snyder here with us in uh, in the studio. I don't know if this is really a studio, but I'm going to say that it is. And we're going to talk to Olivia about her uh, her fancy pottery business, FairyHive.com. I'll put a link to that in the description. And I mean, we've got lots of stuff to talk to Olivia about, but we'll start <laughs> there. I think. How how are you doing, Olivia? I'm doing all right, man. I did a bad job because I didn't mention this is my co-host Jeremy over <laughs> over here too. Jeremy yeah. Cook. He's he's uh, here too. I'm here as well as I as I am most. I guess I guess every episode up to this up to this point. So I that's guess impressive. that's a good thing. And uh, this is my first time meeting Olivia, but but Pat, you you know Olivia from I guess your makerspace, your hometown of Plano, correct? I do. Olivia and I are. Are you in Plano, Olivia? Do I know that? I am. Oh, I thought I'm so. I'm like right in the right in the middle of Plano. I'm I'm not. I'm on the edge of Plano. I'm on one of the edges. So, but that's okay. You guys met when you were both working at the factory where they make those cases for like fishing lures and stuff. Is that is that right? <laughs> Do you know I'm bummed out? I almost bought a Plano brand tackle box to put all my electronic stuff in because you know those little bins are great for sorting resistors and diodes and stuff. Sure. And then I asked Google, and that's a different Plano. That's up north somewhere. Like up, up, up. Il- like Plano, Plano, Illinois. I was going to say Illinois, so I'm going to say that's correct because that was what I was going to say also. So as you say in te- as you say in Texas, it's the Yankee Plano, right? The Yankee Plano. Question. Well, what is somebody from Plano? What do they call themselves? A plain Plano person, or I call myself Pat. Okay, Pat. Okay, so, not Matt though. I call you Pat as well. She does. It's true. Well, I'm well, not listen, real listen. Sure. I bet there's a technical term. Maybe. Well, listen, Pat. I mean, enough about us, I guess. Now, Olivia. Um, you live in Plano, obviously. You have a pottery business. Now you have uh, two kids, right? That you homeschool. Is that? That's wow. Yep. So that is that that's is awesome. Correct. So how how'd you how'd you decide to go on down that path of homeschooling your kids? Um, it, honestly, it's kind of similar to why I'm uh, so interested in the makerspace. Is I'm really adamant about self education, about uh, kind of being able to direct your own education. And my husband and I felt that homeschooling kind of gave us that avenue to do that. And my one of my good friends, who's also a homeschooler, she said, because uh, I said before I started, I said, I'm worried, you know, because I, I don't know everything. <laughs> How am I going to teach them this? And she said, your job is not to be their teacher. You are their education coordinator. It's your responsibility to seek out what you feel are the best educational opportunities for them, whether that's extra tutoring classes, uh, a workbook that's helpful, going on a, a field trip somewhere. So far, they're 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 enjoying it and doing nice. a good job. And you job. were doing this before it became uh, popular, I guess. <laughs> yeah, I I think the there's people where they say oh, that's that's crisis. Oh, crisis. <laughs> <laughs> but um yeah i i had i did have a, a friend who's has a son the same age as mine that she said i don't know how you do this oh, every i'm sure <laughs> i can't wait till the schools open back up <laughs> yeah but i mean you got so you got your kids at home and you got your business at home too which is which is your pottery businesses is that correct and um and the, i guess you're in your studio right now i would i would have to imagine right okay awesome so um 
I guess, you know, kiln is, is kiln is, is the kiln your most important piece of equipment as far as pottery goes, or is it pottery wheel or what is, I guess, can you just give us an intro to pottery and the, and the techniques involved? Because I mean, you know, some people listening might not have any idea what it's all about. I mean, I, I think we all saw the movie Ghost, or I, I never did, but you know, you're familiar with the <laughs> scene at least. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they, you can you can get some uh, good uh, ghost memes in some pottery groups online. <laughs> um, uh, honestly, the the there's a couple ways. It's starting with some form of clay. Uh, some people use liquid clay for what's called slip casting, which is how a lot of industrial pottery is made. Um, the some people use hand building which is just uh you can use tools and you know roll out big slabs of, of clay and whatnot and then you know there's the wheel the uh, pottery wheel use. okay so the pottery wheel and is what most people I, probably think of it, as as making pottery and there's actually also uh which i'm one of these days i'm going to get into uh you can uh 3d print uh actual ceramic which is pretty darn amazing. <laughs> uh, I haven't had a chance to experience that yet, but uh, you know, hungrily following a lot of uh, people that have built their own. I saw that there's bridges. one or two uh, but... clay extruding printers <laughs> on Kickstarter this year, earlier this year. I thought that was exciting. <laughs> I don't know how they went. I don't know if they succeeded or not or delivered, but it was still interesting they, that they're they doing it. They may have it. gone the way they're that trying. the most 3D printer Kickstarters go. <laughs> I'm not sure. But... Mm -hmm. um, Basically, after uh, you've made what you wish out of clay, uh, then it usually goes through uh, first firing, which is called a bisque, and that kind of makes everything all, all nice and hard, so it's not going to fall apart or break quite so easily. And then... So so not like a lobster bisque, which is very not hard. Uh, yes, a, it is not nearly so fishy nor creamy. Uh but uh <laughs> so so this bisque you you do you do this in a in mm -hmm. the kiln correct which heats it up yes. is that correct so okay. it's like the the clay i work with when it's wet it looks gray after it goes through the bisque firing it's white and after i bisque then i paint uh i do a lot of painting with glazes some people dip into big buckets of glaze um but i i prefer uh kind of doing a lot more painting of my glazes and then it goes through another firing which basically kind of melts all the glaze so it gets all nice and shiny and the colors brighten up and and what have you and sometimes uh, it'll go through yet another firing if it's gotten uh, a luster like gold or mother of pearl uh, put on it which i tend to do that a lot because i like sparkly shiny things <laughs> but uh it's kind of all of the elements are, are required. You have to have something to build on, and then probably the kiln would be the most important thing because you don't have to have a wheel to make cool stuff with pottery. <laughs> but but do you, you use a wheel most of the time, correct? Or, or not? Um, I use the wheel for a lot of my, uh, like if I'm making mugs or bowls and whatnot, is okay. I use the wheel, and then I'll do like a lot of hand building uh, with stuff afterward. Olivia, I thought I was going to have a dumb question, but you've already made me think that this might actually be a good question. Bisque. <laughs> yes, Is that bisque. the right word that I just heard today? You know, when we were talking to, I was talking to Jeremy about kilns 
well, not talking to him, but in our notes here, and I was thinking, like, can you, I wonder if this is like pizza, can you par-bake the pottery and then, so what I'm kind of wondering about that is, is the bisque, is that, does that require the super hot, like, if I wanted to learn how to pottery, could I do pottery at home? Um. Can I do part of it in my oven and then take it somewhere now that it's not so squishy? <laughs> um. If, if you there... want it to get up to the temperatures where they, the clay is what's called vitrified, uh, which means that all the little particles have gone through their chemical change and are now, uh, they've basically been transformed into to something different uh, th- rather than just, you know, a heap of mud, um, then you would have to take it somewhere else. But there are people that do uh, what are called like uh, pit firing, where it's basically you just dig a hole, put the pottery in, start a fire on top of it, cover it up, and let it cook for a while. Uh, It may not necessarily be food safe, but that's how most pottery got its start, was just dumping everything in a big flaming hole. (laughs) And I've recently discovered, because there's uh, such a thing as a microwave glass kiln, there are people that have started doing like teeny tiny pottery in those microwave kilns. So, I mean, it's purely decorative, but uh, I'm, that's something else I'm looking, I've I've got like a whole list of things to try. (laughs) That's, that's definitely one of them. I'm not surprised the microwave can do it because I've heard of people melting aluminum with the microwave. Not, I mean, they modify it somehow. (laughs) I don't know what's involved, but if it can get enough heat to melt aluminum, it must somehow get enough heat to, so, yeah, we so, yeah. pottery. So you say microwave kiln. Is this that you just put it in the microwave, or is there actually like some sort of chamber that you put around it for it to fire? Um, correctly? Yeah, it it's, looks like kind of like a. It almost looks like a little circular styrofoam cooler. It's not made of styrofoam, but that's what it looks like. But it's got a base that you put like the glass or the clay on, and then kind of a little cover, and then it goes into the microwave for. I think it kind of varies. Uh, Five, five minutes, something like that. It's not like the hours long uh, firings that you do like in a big kiln, but it's, you put it in there for a couple of minutes and then you take it out and you let it cool for like six hours. Hmm. Uh, but uh, it's absolutely fascinating that it's just beep, beep, beep. Yay, I have glass jewelry. <laughs> so yeah, that's, that's probably a great way for somebody to get started if they didn't want to buy a, a kiln and all the other various things you have to go with it. Well, yeah, and that's also one of the reasons why I advocate for, you know, going to your makers, local makerspace, <laughs> uh, because, like, we actually just at the, the one that uh, Pat and I are members of, we have a microwave kiln that a member donated, and at uh, some of the larger makerspaces, they actually have big pottery kilns uh, for people to use, um, but if you ask any bit of the pottery people we pretty much know of community firings that are done uh, around the city so that you know if you don't have a kiln at home you can get started take it to the community kiln and get stuff fired so they're pretty pretty down-to-earth people that are happy to help people get into the hobby sure that's very cool well yeah you think down down to earth like literally and figuratively i guess right because it's so, so yep. do you actually get your um, your clay out of the ground, or do you buy it somewhere? Most of my clay I buy. Uh, there's a 
company in Austin, Texas called Armadillo Clay and another one uh, here in Dallas called Trinity. And they have their own uh, clay mm. formulations. And so I really enjoy uh, using theirs. Although I have mined some of my own clay right from my backyard when we planted a tree. <laughs> um, but uh, that, that was kind of just almost a fun experience unto itself where it's cleaning it and uh, separating everything and then testing to see, you know, how hot it needs to be fired. So I don't know where uh, the piece is right now, but I made like a little tiny pinch pot bowl out of Plano mm. clay. Very nice. <laughs> when you, I assume when you buy the clay pre-made, so where they have it's probably like a spool of 3D printer filament where they tell you temperatures and specs and things for to get started. Yeah. Yeah, like they'll say, uh, because uh, some clays fire at very, very low temperatures uh, and they're better for hand building uh, as opposed to throwing on the wheel and some clays are, uh, they're for very, very high temperatures and they're going to be a little bit more durable. And I actually used to work at a paint-your-own-pottery studio, like where you, you go in and they've got all the bowls and figurines and stuff, and so you can paint them and then we take care of them. We had uh, one of the employees, instead of firing at cone 06, he fired at cone 6, which is much, much higher. <laughs> and so when we opened up the kiln, all these figurines were just melted. So so, so cone Poor 6 thing. versus cone 06, what, is, what do you mean by that exactly? Pottery uh, temperatures are measured in what are called cones. And the reason for that is there's a, a company called Orton that uh, they make these little cones again i don't have one sitting with me <laughs> but they make these little cones that are designed to they kind of stand up when you put them in the kiln and they bend yeah. at the proper temperature and so uh and i i have to have a chart in front of me to know the exact like numbers for everything but like when i fire at cone uh oh four for like my bisque firings it gets up to around uh 1800 something when I fire at cone uh, six when I'm doing higher or, or mid fire stuff then it gets up to I think a oh, little under really 2000 but you put the witness cone in there yeah <laughs> uh, you when you put the witness cone in there because you can't always depend on the uh, the pyrometer that's in the kiln uh, you have to uh, put the little witness cone in there, and if it bends perfectly, it's, ah, reached the perfect temperature. I know my clay is, has been, you know, properly vitrified. Everything's matured. Whereas if it's, it's you like know, you take it out and the cone's still the standing up, and, huh. uh -oh, Plastic, uh, it didn't get to the right temperature, something happened. Oh, yeah. No, we'd, we'd take a, take little kids on the, the tour of the kiln room, and the the only point of reference I could give them it was, how hot does you, you know your mom have the oven when she makes cookies 350 and they'd start throwing out guesses for how hot the pottery kilns got and they were always under <laughs> except for you know the 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 smart mouth kid that uh, 5000 degrees well well pat had something in his notes about a um, 3d printed clay extruder oh that was as, what, that was so exciting to love on that? when you told us about that that was 
all of our jaws were dropping when you were explaining this when you when we met you at the makerspace the first time um well that was one of the reasons i got into 3d printing and i found the makerspace um but i the only reason that it took me so long because it was wow 3d printing and you'd see the display at staples where it had whatever kind of crappy overpriced thing they had and i was wow you can just make things happen it's so cool but i didn't know how to 3d model and that was kind of intimidating and so i just started doing my own research found tinkercad and you know they got pictures of like kindergartners <laughs> building things on there so okay i can do this one <laughs> so um i built uh parts to go into a homemade clay extruder because actual clay extruders they usually start around like 50 to 150 dollars and just 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 to back up a little bit by extruder you mean like a 3d printer so it just pushes out the the clay bit by bit and yeah. kind of builds up mm -hmm. a surface is that is that correct what well, do you remember like the the play-doh fun factory uh, yeah 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 and you're a kid and you like and stuff the play-doh in sure. and the clay comes out the Play-Doh comes out. Yeah, it's it's pretty much like that, except for clay, it has to be really strong because sometimes the clay is super hard. Um, sometimes it's got uh, what's called grog, which is like grit and, and bits of pieces in it to help make it stronger. Uh, so Play-Doh Fun Factory ain't going to cut it. <laughs> but uh, basically, there's a design out there for uh, clay extruders where uh, you take a caulk gun and uh, a piece of, I think it's two inch, two inch or three quarter inch uh, PVC pipe. And you have to modify the end of the caulk gun a little bit uh, in order to, um, to get the, the pipe to be, or to be able to have an opening at the end of the pipe. But you cut the pipe, put it in like you would caulk gun thing, and then you put a cap on the end of the pipe. And you put the clay inside the pipe and you with the caulk gun and then clay comes out. And most of the things I've seen, they use like a PVC end cap and they've drilled holes mm. or they use a knife to cut it. And I, it's not perfectly square and it's so hard to cut through this. And it's, I wonder if I could 3D print that. That's something I could do. And so I learned how to model in Tinkercad. I got my little model. I went down to the library, got them to print it. Nice. <laughs> and uh, it, it was it kind of turned addictive after that. And I took them to get printed at, there was a local uh, 3D printer shop uh, where the guy sold 3D printers and filament and all that. And uh, he was super helpful in kind of explaining things to me and giving me resources. And from there, I found the makerspace. And that, I mean, just absolutely that found my tribe. <laughs> it's people that like to make things, people that like to do things, and the potential for kind of cross-pollination in, in making was so amazing to me. And when I got there, I wanted to know how to, okay, how do I use the 3D printers? How do they work? And it was actually Pat and... Uh, and his pal Brian that uh, showed me how to use them. And I said, wow, this is great. You guys should do an intro to 3D printing class. And they said, okay, do <laughs> we one. We did. 
<laughs> and so, <laughs> yeah, so I did the, I did as much research as I could, learned even more and taught uh, intro to 3D printing. And that was one of the, the demos I used for kind of a use case was the 3D printed extruders. And uh, I, 3D printers want to probably become one of my more important tools because I make clay cutters with them. I make molds with them. Uh, I make, you know, the extruder caps for them, doing like graphic design stuff for since college, which wasn't so long ago. <laughs> yeah, yeah, me neither. It was um, only a few years ago. <laughs> but um, no, uh, knowing how to do stuff with vectors, like you can just immediately start, you know, know how to do stuff for the laser cutter, get started with stuff for the 3D printer. And the, the makerspace just got a CNC machine, so I'm super excited You're about, gonna have so much fun about with the getting CNC into that. Nice. But, um, so much fun. I, it looks so much fun. <laughs> it looks so much fun. I just did the, the test project that uh, that got me certified on the machine, so <laughs> I'm like, yay. <laughs> I can't wait. <laughs> Well, but um, I, I'd say I'd yeah. say lasers are more fun myself, but that's you know that's just coming from someone that has CNC, then a 3D printer, and then another CNC, and then a laser cutter is my more most recent uh, innovation in the garage. So, so it's, I don't know. It's so it's it gives you such like an immediate uh, you 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 it's um instant instant gratification absolutely with a laser cutter to me whereas a 3d printer I've, it's uh, like man maybe i can order this on amazon it'll be here tomorrow <laughs> sometimes <laughs> i mean uh, that's literally true sometimes if uh yeah i i think i've had some things where i'm like what's gonna be the best and you're like weighing <laughs> should i 3d print it or but um no, like being able to design my own stuff has has been oh yeah super super fantastic because it's also it's weird and I think because there's a lot of old timers in pottery they kind of get they're scared off by oh you used the 3D printer to make something that's cheating and I'm like I'm using a whole different skill set to do this it's not like it suddenly made it easier for me it's just made this aspect easier. Oh, yeah. And some of them are really threatened by the ceramic 3D printers because they're like, it's not hand building a mug at all. You're just printing it out. And I'm like, have you ever tried to 3D print something? I can't imagine what ceramic 3D printing something is. <laughs> it's probably like a whole new nightmare of issues. I mean, the, the thing is, I feel like some people get stuck on one way or another. And I, there's not really a, a good or a bad way. It's just what you want to what do you want to do? I mean, if you want to build stuff mm -hmm. out of sticks and, you know, even Matt, Matt Perks, we had on, he was making some stuff like what that was it, the yeah, house out of mud or something. It was, That's a clay was, house. Clay yeah. straw. He was building one in his backyard, I guess. Yeah. Well, it's crazy low tech, but super interesting. But he also deals with higher tech stuff, too. And it's like, just do what you want to get the result. And if you want to. You know, mm -hmm. do what you want. You know, that's what making's all about. I, I, I think. Yeah, exactly. And I, I, being able to to kind of manufacture stuff exactly how I want it has been super nice. <clears throat> Although with the the parts thing, I did restore a 1970s pottery wheel my godmother <clears throat> gave me because it had a broken. Uh, like a gear. Uh, uh, it's like a, a rubber ring like a, on a, a, it. It was a, like basically a drive ring. 
And I actually... I uh-huh. remember this. And um, I needed a new one, and they're $99. And I I measured it exactly, and I hunted through Granger. I hunted through McMaster Car, and it was these SOBs. This is custom made. <laughs> it's not a stock part. And... So what I did is I didn't didn't have my 3D printer yet, and uh, I needed it to be in TPU. So I actually got Pat to do it on his printer for me, um, and and since then I've kind of refined it a little bit uh, since I've I've got my own printer and my own TPU. But my pottery wheel works now, and uh, caught cost me almost nothing. <laughs> so the pride where you're like I repaired nice. it pottery wheels whatever is there anything that you're really excited about that's been come on the scene in the last few years or maybe you invented i i mean the only thing that i've did all by myself was coming up with a extruder part that could do a tube which i, I was I, I was pretty pleased with that so i can i i that actually was sell uh, ceramic straws uh in my in my shop <laughs> hmm. Obviously, a tube is very hard. What do you have, like, mm-hmm. certain, like, do you have, like, little gaps in it? I mean, because obviously you've, you've got an inner circle and an um, outer circle. The The way it works, yeah, the, the way it works is you have, uh, for the tube, um, you have a piece that goes inside the tube. And it's kind of a cylinder that's suspended. And on the cylinder, I've got kind of 45-degree uh, supports holding that little cylinder up and then on the outside of the tube it's slightly bigger so you get kind of like a little donut uh, like that and then when the clay goes through it splits around the little 45 Mm -hmm. degree uh, angled pieces uh, but it kind of forms back together as the pressure pushes it out of the tube or out of of the extruder so it you get a a hollow tube okay it's it's more when you told us about the earlier extruders, you were making it sound like they're very two-dimensional, like just cut out of a PVC. But this is a very three-dimensional. It's got length to it where mm. it gets split up and then okay. yeah, pushed back together towards the end. I mean, a few inches. I mean, it's not, okay, like, that, that makes... you know, it's not like eight feet long or anything, but, but it, yeah. <laughs> but it's long. It's longer than just a, just mm-hmm. a die, die, I guess that would yeah. be the word. It's, it's longer than just a just a hole for it to come mm-hmm. out. It's actually just forming, reforming it into something yeah. so, tub- tubular. Totally they, tubular, Jeremy. As you would say. So, that's totally tubular. Kind of 3D printing ceramics uh, fascinates me. I've got a, a Delta-style uh, frame in my garage that I'm looking to... Uh, I need some more spare time to do all my thousands of projects, but it's I'd want to convert that one to a, a ceramic one, hmm. a ceramic 3D printer. Um, I did see there's one guy, he has a, he, he's called Early American Robot Pottery. <laughs> and uh, he actually, and he hasn't shown the device, but he came up with a way where he has a dual extruding, but it extrudes out of one extruder. So it's like two colors. So when he's printing, he can print stripes and patterns mm. with colored clay. And it's mm. just incredible to see that that, uh, that he can do that. So you get a very unique look that I don't think you could get any other way. 
Well, Pat, I guess we've heard a lot about the pottery and stuff. Do you want to go ahead and take the coffee yeah, break? And we we'll, can take the uh, coffee we'll break and, and we can come back and talk about uh, yeah, makerspaces. I love makerspaces. Hey, guys. Welcome to the coffee break where we talk about our sponsors and invite you to maybe become one. So let's give a shout out to our top five Patreons. We've got Positive Waves, Stephen Booker, Stuart Morrow, Michael Sizer, and Raptor spelled creatively. So um, if you'd like to become a Patreon, you can go to patreon.com slash the creativity podcast and look at that, Pat. That I is got correct, correct, Jeremy. That is absolutely correct. The, the money is great, but I think it almost means more just the fact that people are willing to put to put money. They, they value the show so much that they're willing to put their hard-earned money towards it. I think that's really, really amazing. And, and thank you so much for being Patreons. That's, that's really awesome. Is there another way people could help us back? There might be. There might be, Jeremy. Maybe. There might be a way. You could... Uh, SoundCloud would like it if you hit the like button on our uh, on our episode there. And YouTube appreciates it when you hit uh, the like button and the subscribe button. That helps us out a ton. Yeah. And it uh, lets other people find our podcast. Absolutely. And, you know, we're available on iTunes as well. So if you like that, I guess you can leave a re- review there and... You know, just just thanks thanks so much for listening, and I guess we'll get you back to your show as as scheduled or not really scheduled. Thank you very much for listening or watching or patreoning us. I I appreciate it as well. Should I take a drink Sounds first? Good. Is that the? I mean, yeah, I guess we're supposed to do that. So I don't know how to do it. Hey, everybody! Welcome back from our uh, little coffee break here. We're my co-host Jeremy's still here, and we're talking to Olivia about. We're going to talk to her about uh, makerspaces and our local makerspace here in town, here in Plano, Texas. It's uh, the Lab.ms. Can you? Uh, I don't know. I don't know what I was about to say, but Olivia, <laughs> yeah, what, well, what? What is? What is a makerspace? As Pat was. Thank you. Going to ask, I believe. <laughs> um, my favorite way to describe a makerspace to people is that it is essentially a gym for tinkerers and makers, artists, hackers, uh, people of that ilk. Um, The idea is that there's a lot of making equipment like a 3D printer, like a laser cutter, like a CNC machine and so forth that uh, the learning curve for them is a little high and some of them like the laser cutter and the CNC machine can be really pricey. So everybody can, as a member, you basically kind of pool together. And at the makerspace we're at, uh, we let the membership kind of drive and decide what kind of equipment they'd like to see. So that not only do you have equipment that might be financially unreachable available to you, uh, but you also have the benefit of people that may know more than you helping you out with it. For example, when I joined up, I knew little to nothing about 3D printing, but I was able to benefit from actual human beings troubleshooting with me and telling me, okay, the (laughs) filament was tangled. Okay, your bed wasn't level. Here's how you level it. Let me show you. And that Mm. uh, definitely takes a huge bit of intimidation factor when you're learning how to how to do new stuff like that. Now, now, now Pat, my understanding was you were the president of this makerspace. At oh some no, point, I was not the president. Uh, 
Or or your your wife was? Is I that was right, Chris. Well, a few years ago, Chris, we were both me and Chris were both on the board. Chris was the secretary, and I was mm-hmm. I had your current job, right, Olivia? I was yep. a floating. I think I was a floating board member, right? And the lab just had elections <laughs> over the weekend, a couple of days, okay. yeah, three days ago, four days ago, and uh, Olivia was the president, I'm but tired. she decided. <laughs> That's need... too much work, right, well, Olivia? Well, what? How did how, how did the how did the coup go? Did did uh, was it a violent overthrow or was it? Cause, how does that how does that work? How did new new presidents um, get elected? I mean, is it kind of you come in there with your your gang of you know whoever is the strongest? Whoever, it's kind of like a Thunderdome kind of situation. Another movie I another movie I haven't seen, but I you know, hear the, about the, all the, the time. Whoever's the best so. at the at three D printing and getting things done. <laughs> Um, no, it, a lot of it is because the the makerspace we have is all volunteer. Uh, we have nobody gets nobody gets paid for nothing. So, yeah. yes, Olivia, yes, it's, it's a non non-profit, nonprofit as well. Also. So uh, the people that are there volunteering for the jobs, they want to be there. They want to make it happen, and they ha- they feel very passionate about it. There's very little phoning it in <laughs> just to get the paycheck. Um, so basically we, sure. about a month before uh, elections happen, we announce, Hey, elections are happening. You can nominate somebody or nominate yourself. And uh, if you've been nominated, you can accept or reject, you know? And uh, I think a lot of it is kind of based on how many people know you how many people believe in your vision for the space uh, and uh, what they, they want to see what you think should happen, happen. Well, yeah, because you guys moved to a bigger space recently, right? According to, according to Pat's <laughs> notes. I did. I made that. I wrote that. We did. In the we notes. were in a teeny little, uh, it basically was a retail area uh, in Plano. And. Yeah. We used to say it was 1,700 square feet, but I think it was closer to 1,400. I, I, I don't think it was really It's too small. <laughs> that, it was that includes... too, and I couldn't measure it. It had diagonals in oh. it and stuff. I have no idea how big it actually that, was. It was a terrible yeah. shape. The 1,700, that includes the parking I space, so. right? Yeah. <laughs> Which I, I saw somewhere that it was like a parking space. I don't know if it was Hong Kong or Japan or whatever. sold for $1.3 million. Well, we, we, it was it was tiny, uh, it smelled, and there was a noisy uh, restaurant that did uh, karaoke every weekend. We were located in Plano, and we were approached actually by the city of Richardson, who they kind of have this vision for their telecom corridor uh, called the Richardson IQ. And so they want to attract a lot of kind of innovative business businesses, small businesses, uh, and and the like. And they approached us and specifically said, "We want a makerspace." And at the time, it was like spring of 2020, <laughs> so nothing good was happening. <laughs> and uh, our lease was also up that summer, and so we said, "Okay." And we had some of the Richardson City Council members came to visit. They loved the space. Uh, they seemed to think Tommy and I were all right. And after that, we started hunting around. And we actually found uh, a 
a uh, businessman who had been on the Richardson Chamber of Commerce for a long time. Uh, but he owned a building or owns a building in Richardson. And he basically had this kind of big open area. And he said, I'm not doing anything with this right now. You know, it's always been my dream to have a makerspace. And so he financially was a huge help for us because he said, I understand it's the pandemic. I understand that you've got to build your membership back up. And so he gave us these giant breaks on a build out rent and our utilities. So we have been able to utilize that and kind of built our membership base back up to what like higher than it was pre pandemic. So we're, we're really excited about that, but we now have 3000 square feet uh, to run around in with the option to uh, expand into the rest of the space that we didn't do build out in. Yeah. So it's, it's been pretty amazing, but as you can imagine, it was really tiring. How far is Richardson? You guys are from Plano, so Richardson right is somewhere else. It's about five minutes farther away from me. How about you, Olivia? It's it's about 10 minutes further away. Yep. It's the next town so, south I mean, of here. Where, where I live, it's quite suburban, but it's like, it's like there's a lot of houses, and then there's like this one shopping center. I could, I could literally... I could almost steal Wi-Fi from the next store from nearest Starbucks because it's it's not like it's kind of funny because like from my house, if I were to walk, it'd be a couple hundred yards. But then it's like way longer if you take the road. So I don't I don't usually <laughs> walk, but every once in a while I think about, you know, traipsing through the woods and seeing what, what are happens. Are there any gators in the woods? See if the rangers there? get me or whatever. There are gators in the woods. Okay. But I don't, I don't want to interrupt Olivia's story yet. We managed to also finagle some new equipment uh, Tommy managed to get a grant from Microsoft uh, for the CNC machine as well as a dye sublimation printer. So we've got two two fancy new toys. I was just thinking our uh, our our local hacker space, Tampa hacker space. They call it hacker space, not maker space, but the same thing more or less. They um they had basically two wings separated by some sort of other store in the middle or not store like some sort of business, and they actually were able to get the lease lease in the middle. And now it's like one conti- continuous like space, and that should be should be pretty awesome. They're a pretty pretty decent sized makerspace. In fact, I think they do have a kiln, although I don't know that anybody uses it. You know, feel like people uh, sometimes. I don't know. I don't know what I'm talking about at this point. You know, 2020 was pretty much when I stopped going. Yeah, I still absolutely. pay dues because you know you want to support that, but at the same time, you know, there's 2020 as a uh, I was there. You know, you guys know what went I'm on. Sorry, I still am. Is it still? <laughs> it feels like it's still 2020. You were there, but it's we're getting there. We've we've had a lot of people that they're super excited about uh, teaching classes again at the space. So I'm. They they've been basically just waiting for it. They're like, when are we gonna have classes? And when things open back up. When people are vaccinated, so <laughs> it's it's nice to kind of uh, see see people back in there and wanting to learn things. One thing I think, though, you know, with makerspaces, people working from home, etc., you might have a little bit more opportunity for more space. For for me, at the very least, it's, and I, I kind of feel like a lot of people would realize this you know, with so many periods of isolation during 2020 is that for me, it's that collaborative 
workspace is huge for me uh, because it's being able one of the things that again in college not so long ago <laughs> I worked uh, yeah I worked ago. primarily uh, in the printmaking shop and one of the things I loved about it was being able to collaborate with other people it's oh how do I get uh, how do I get these inks to sit right or how do you get the, to that viscosity what is, you know and basically kind of discussing what you're interested in and it's while I do enjoy you know futzing through my sketchbook and coming up with ideas of things to make and do they're always improved by talking with somebody else it's whether they have ideas to input or whether by talking to them, I realize uh, some alteration that could have been made to a design that I came up with. So it's... Oh, yeah. I, I, you, you cannot get that working alone in a home studio. I mean, it's, that, that is definitely a component that's just not there. And for me, that's that's one of the big draws for me. And I, I don't consider myself like a big social person. Uh, I, I do like working alone. I like alone time. But at the same time, I very much value uh, getting them to show me how to do things, which is what the, the space provides. Really, the reason I'm a member of Tampa Hackerspace isn't for the tools so much. I mean, a little bit it is, but mostly for the, for the people. I mean, I, I can't, you know, I can't even put a, Need to put a dollar amount on that, but you know mm -hmm. it is it does it's so so helpful, and I, I I I'm I'm happy to support an organization that kind of helps people like me and them and you guys get to. Well, that was, that was one of the things um, when I was uh, it was kind of when I had really fallen in love with ceramics, and uh, I was considering I I had been throwing back and forth, you know, should I should I go to grad school, and. You know, should I, should I go go get my, my master's in art? I could go for ceramics. And I was talking with my father, and I, I said, I, I'd like to go. I want to learn more, but I kind of feel like I can't. You know, I'm not sure if I want to spend the money on it. You know, I'd be an older student going back. And he said, don't let other people impede on your education. It's not contingent upon you actually going somewhere and sitting down and listening to someone talk to you. And I thought about that and was, there is really no reason that I shouldn't be able to educate myself on a lot of this. I have literally the entire world open to me electronically now. <laughs> I should be able to do that. And in my mind, you have spaces like makerspaces and hackerspaces and you have so many people providing material online for you to learn from is that absolutely no you should not feel like you have to attend some kind of institution in order for your education to be valid that there are so many other avenues and one of the things i've noticed at the the makerspace is that because people are there voluntarily they're passionate about it and they have an objective that they wish to achieve, that they're learning a lot more than they might on their own. Um, I mean, it's the number of things that I'm able to add to my resume now <laughs> that I've taught myself, that I've had other people help teach me how to do, has been amazing. 
And I, so it's, I, I think that being able to self-educate is super important and that a makerspace is like a big component of that because you have those other people to talk to because you have equipment available to you that you might not be able to, which I'll bring that up when I see, yeah. I, I've often seen like a, like in an instructables forum or something, it's, oh, well, let me just bust out my laser cutter and do this project. And it's like, well, no, nobody's expecting you to have that. There are places you can go. And a lot of people aren't aware that that even exists. Uh, that the that is an option that you can go to places and people will show you how to use you know crazy equipment like that. Yeah. Well, I think I think you've done a good job selling it. Um, that's that's great. I mean, I, I think we'd all we'd all agree with that. Well, I I also just uh, I I do well here here's a plug. I just um, I completed recently an Oracle deck. Uh, that was my, my 2020 project. So uh, it's basically all these little cards with adorable little fairies and imps and witchies on them. And So if you use Oracle for your business solutions I, it, for procurement from and such, My understanding uh, of how, how computer programming that. works, that it might actually right? be helpful in a couple of those situations. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I just, just finished that. And uh, I, do, I do have an online <laughs> shop... Uh, that's uh, just shop.fairyhive.com. And we'll put a link to that in the description. So you won't have to type it in yourself. Well, what about you, Pat? Are you working on anything interesting these days? What? And if it's if it's Uber Lights. No, I'm not going to. Is it Uber Lights? I had to talk about that with Matt because I knew he'd be excited about it. But oh, right. I'm having kind of a grumpy week here, Jeremy. I Can I complain about this? It's okay. Yeah, sure. I upgraded to the latest version of DaVinci Resolve, the video editor, from 16 to 17. Mm -hmm. And it's really slow. I tried to, well, I was trying to edit this episode with uh, Tommy Trebuchet from, that we recorded last week with, you know, four videos overlaid and moved around. It's playing real slow. And then today I decided, well, before I have to edit Olivia's episode, I should export some of the old episodes. I had three episodes that me and Brian recorded of the Butter What Show last month. I figured, well, let's get those exported so I don't have to worry about them, and I can then I can downgrade back to sixteen. And their audio's exporting funny. It's doing weird stuff to the second. I'm really mad about this. And they say you shouldn't. Mm -hmm. I, the internet says you shouldn't upgrade to seventeen. It's basically beta. I'm like, and I can't just downgrade because it upgraded all my databases and things from sixteen to seventeen, and you can't mm -hmm. downgrade them. So I don't... I love complaining. Well, you know what they say, I can't complain, but I, sometimes I still oh, do. Oh, always. Right? My, I right, always do. I can't... I'm, I'm going to complain. I'm bummed out. It'll, <laughs> I can fix all this. It's not a big deal, but it's a big deal. You know, nobody got that reference either. But, oh, crap. You know, Where did it come from, Jeremy? That's okay. Is it from the head? Song, I don't know. I don't know what, I don't know what the artist says. He says... Is it hip-hop again? <laughs> It's not hip hop. It's like very common. It's like I gold, rec, oh, gold that, records uh, on the wall. Leave me a message. Crap. Maybe I'll call. <laughs> I know what oh, you're yeah, talking about. Uh... <laughs> I don't. Who knows? Yes. It doesn't matter. We're not. As for me, I've been working on something. Jeremy, you're supposed to let me ask back. what you're working on. Oh, sorry. Uh, what? I... Anyway, uh... Jeremy, what about you? What have you been working on? 
Well, um, I am working on something that's lit up in the back, but I'm not going to talk about that now because I'm not quite ready to publish it. So we'll have to, you know, stay tuned for that. But the other thing I've been working on that I probably will talk about a little bit later, sooner, is see what this is? See, I made this. I didn't make this, but it's a Roku remote. But instead of batteries, it's got a... It's got a rechargeable battery with a USB port. So so now if it runs out, I can just plug it in and oh, nice. use it some more. Yeah, used. Yeah, so I was pretty pretty happy with the little little hack. Um, yeah, so, so yeah. I've been wanting to put a I'm... lipo into my little. It's they sell it as a, it's a milk frother. It's a little blend, a little hand blender thing. I I use it to mix Jello when I make Jello oh, from okay. scratch. It, I use get, it for, gla for glaze. You have to, okay. Yeah, you have to stir Jello for a long time to get it to all dissolve. So I just, you know, push the button on there. But I figured yeah. the extra volt, <laughs> the extra volt would be, you know, make it spin a little faster. And I have all these you know, little it's... 1S lipos laying around, tons of them. I can't reach any from you'd here, but they're here. You'd say you'd say it's a first order problem, but I feel like that's more like a you know, like zero, like zero world problem, like, like beyond that. It even. has to be. Yeah. <laughs> it absolutely has to be. So, so Pat, where, where can we, where can we find you? Oh, you can find me at fairyhive.com. No, that's not true. Oh, I, really? But, no, but you can find Olivia there. You should definitely check out Olivia's stuff at fairyhive.com. But you can find me at patshead.com. And on Twitter, with, I mean, there'll be links down in the description to the yeah, places you can yeah, find not? me. But where can we find you, yeah. Jeremy? Well, since you asked, Pat, uh, you can find me at jeremyscook.com or, or on YouTube. I'm my name is Jeremy Cook. Um, you know, with the with the robot icon. You know, the the Jeremy S. Anyway, the Strong Beast logo. That's me. So yeah. look that up. And if you want to subscribe. You should you should subscribe to the podcast too. But we'll probably oh. we probably talked about that during the coffee. We probably break, talked about that a while ago. So <laughs> I haven't done that yet, yeah. so I don't remember doing that. Yeah, then wrap oh, it up. Well, thank thank you very much for having me on. Thanks for thanks for talking. Delightful to conversation. Us. I hope so. Yeah, and uh, I and likewise. I didn't have any small children run in and whine that they're hungry. Not even once. Not even <laughs> once. Yeah, that's all right. And I didn't whine about being hungry either. So I that's true. Weird. You were well behaved, Pat. Thank you. Thank you very much. I'm going to tell yeah. everybody that you said that. So, all right. Well, I guess we'll uh, go ahead and end it. Uh, thanks thanks so much, everybody, for listening and, and watching if you watch that. And we'll talk to you, talk to you next time. Have a good one, everybody. <laughs>